0: Welcome back to the DKPL podcast. Um, I'm your host. My name is Samantha. I am still trying to come up with a clever name for this podcast, so bear with me. These things take time. Um, I'm also working working on a catchy opening phrase. I'm going for something like Carol Baskins. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. I don't know if I'll be able to come up with something that good or that widespread. Um, hey, Bookworms, maybe, but that sounds a little bit uh, old school library, and I think this podcast is more about breaking those traditional uh, library stereotypes. So
1: There's more ways to learn than just books, right?
0: More ways to learn than just books, and that voice that you just heard is my guest for today, Marco Orozco? Correct. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Um, and Marco is one of our tech desk and studio specialists. So, Marco, before we jump into the questions here and and get to the meat of our topic for today, can you explain to our listeners a little bit about what you do at the library?
1: Yeah, okay. So, most of what I do at the library is I help people um, on the computers in the internet lab. Um, For me, that part of the job is a way for me to do the the part of the job that I really want to do, which was teach classes on how to record in Audacity and in Logic and how to do uh, studio-related recording things. Um, so for me, the other half of the job was a justification so that I could do the, so I could do the part of the job that I really wanted to do, which was teach, um, which I enjoyed a lot. I loved it, and I love helping the people here on the computers too. It's a lot of fun, but I would say that the part I enjoyed the most was uh, doing the classes.
0: That's yeah. wonderful. We're always looking. At, people get this idea that. The people who work at the library just sit there and, and read books wa- until no. somebody has a question. We definitely don't do that, and we are always looking for more teachers. So, um, Marco, it, it must have been a good match then for you yes. wanting to be a teacher and us looking for teachers. Now, Marco, before we started recording, um, use the term that I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from him. In the last podcast, podcast I mentioned that my guests here are not experts. Um, I like to call them fans. Um, Marco, can you tell our, our, our listeners the phrase that you like to use it's to describe I, I yourself? I am
1: no expert. I am forever a student. I am a forever, forever student. a
0: student. I love that. Um, so Marco is forever a student. And the topic today that we're going to talk about is DIY music.
1: Yeah, basically, what, um, when you came to me asking about the podcast and what kind of topics we could talk about, I thought a very important topic we could talk about is uh, do-it-yourself production. Nowadays, um, a lot of companies, you know, back in the day, if you wanted to be, if you wanted to put your music out there, you would have to do local shows and do a lot of them and hopefully eventually a record company would be at one of those shows a representative an agent somebody they would see you and be like hey you know this person has a fans they can make money and then you go through the process of record deals and all that but what happens is a lot of the times these companies would take your songs and they would be their songs now like you had no rights to your music and a lot of people would get the bad end of the stick on that situation a lot of artists who you know spent their entire lives making good music who just ended up with nothing in the end because come you know at the end of the day these record companies are big companies and they want to take every penny they can from you because all they don't care about art they care about their bottom line
0: the almighty dollar
1: exactly just like any other big company but what I like about The fact that nowadays uh, equipment is so cheap and readily available, and it's so good quality too, like it's cheap and it's good quality, just because it's a $100 mic does not mean it's a bad microphone. Um, There's ways to, and at the end of the day, when it comes to production, if it sounds good, if you like it, it's good. doesn't matter what quality uh, microphone you used or how long it took you to make it. Um, And I think it's very important that people nowadays have the ability to make music on their own and to put it out there through youtube through spotify i I personally i go through a service called DistroKid, and i pay them i think it's i want to say fifty dollars a year it might be less but i pay them and every time i release a song they make sure that by the deadline that i want it on it's going to be on spotify it's going to be on youtube it's going to be on all these places so i don't have to deal with that part i can just work on my music and then they handle that part so they are a big tool for anybody who's trying to do it themselves but i don't need distro kid either i can put this music out on youtube i can put it out on soundcloud i can go through other avenues it just saves me time uh sure. so yeah i just wanted to talk about that
0: and um Yeah. So so if I'm understanding correctly, DIY music is now the artist not not just creating the music, but also producing the music. Exactly. Being their own producer.
1: It's being your own producer. It's being your own distributor. It's being your own label. It's taking all the responsibility for yourself. And of course, you know, once you get bigger, a lot of people will say they'll opt for to work with another record company or with, you know, everybody does it their own way. But at the end of the day, a lot of people say music is saturated nowadays. And I say that's a good thing. Because now you have no reason to say you don't have new music to to listen to. There's constantly people putting music out there. If you can't find music you like, that's on you. Like, there's, like, literally, there's more music now than there has ever been. And I love that. Every day there is more music. Music is great. You take, you can't take, like, you could take humanity away from the world and there would still be music. Music transcends us. It's, like, a part of life even animals yeah. have music spirit right?
0: very spiritual about, oh yeah. no
1: I, I i love music i love it
0: that's awesome <laughs> no uh being somebody who you know i don't have much of a taste for me i mean i i, I like music mm-hmm. but i don't have any specific genre that i i like I, I grew up listening to what my, my baby boomer parents, you know, yeah. put on, which was a lot of the Beatles. Well,
1: I mean, we all grew up listening to what our parents listened to and, or our older siblings, if you had any, you know. The
0: Genesis was from my older siblings. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I think that also helped me growing up. Like I would listen to like my parents would listen to Latin music and all their like old 80s pop hits from America. And then like I would li- my brother would listen to rock. My sister would listen to K-pop and I'd listen to hip-hop. And so I just grew this huge appreciation for all genres and just music altogether because at the end of the day, like a good song can bring two completely opposite people together. And I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, that's wonderful. And and I do take note in like TV shows that I, I watch or, or movies, if the music is good, it really does help help, every, a help the story yeah. um the soundtrack to practical magic i remember just listening i mean i love that movie too mm-hmm. but the soundtrack i just i think that was the first cd i actually owned was the soundtrack to practical magic mm-hmm. i had uh cassettes before that because um, i'm i'm old
1: no i had yeah i had a couple <laughs> but
0: um no i think that was probably the first uh, cd i owned and mm-hmm. i just let listen to it over and over and over again and now i listen to it on spotify so and it has
1: a way of bringing you back right Absolutely to that moment. Yeah. It's funny how that works. How your mind makes a connection with that song in that moment in your time in your lifetime.
0: Certainly, yeah. And and I knew you know when a song song came on in the soundtrack, I knew exactly where it was played in the movie, and I remembered how I felt during that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, you know, being somebody who, I I can't play music at all. I'm terrible at that. I can't sing. People, I'm one of those people that gets forced to do karaoke because I'm so bad Mm -hmm. it's funny. (laughs) Um, But, uh, no, music plays a role in all of our lives, even if we aren't aware of it. Like, I I feel like I walked around unaware of it until starting to notice, like, hey, the music in that movie was brilliant. So movies kind of got me into music. Even Um, if you're
1: not 100% like me who's like oh i love music da, 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 da. like it still affects you You still enjoy it you still it's still a part of your life even if it's just like in the background but sure. like i said it's a part of everybody's life like Absolutely. even animals and i remember one time i went to the beach and there was all these uh, rocks on the coast and each rock had a diff like the gap in between the rocks each one had a different pitch so every time the waves would hit i could hear a different pitch and i was like that's
0: interesting like that's incredible. Yeah. I'm usually drunk when I'm on a beat. So <laughs> <laughs> I should, I should, no, you know, no. put down the Corona's and pay more attention. Yes. Um, but so, you know, you obviously have talked about how you like all kinds of music. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific genre that you create?
1: So me personally, I produce a lot of hip hop slash trap, which is just a subgenre of hip hop. It's a little bit more uh, aggressive in its drums, but, um, yeah I, i've tried to do alternative and just like ambient background music but i seem to uh no matter how hard i try to make edm or anything like that my mind always just goes back to hip-hop because uh that is my favorite genre sure as much as i love all music like hip-hop is my favorite
0: and trap i've never i've never heard of that trap is
1: most of like the pop rap you hear on the radio nowadays oh okay so i'm listening
0: to trap without knowing that it's trap and it's probably
1: like i said it's all an umbrella term under hip-hop and it's just yeah
0: sure um so you've mentioned a few um of the the software that that you that you use audacity i think you said Audacity, Um, logic pro yeah go ahead so can you take us through your process of creating a song and then doing whatever it takes to get it out there? And, so, and the software you use when you're doing that.
1: So first of all, like, I, I took a lot of time to practice my craft. So after work every day I would come home and I would work on a song. For two years I did that every day and I ended up making, even though it I wasn't every day I made a new song, I was making anywhere from two to six songs a week depending on how long I'd worked on them. So I grew a huge library of songs that I have. And now I go through the process of like looking at which ones are my favorite and which ones I'm going to release next, um, depending on how I feel, if it's complete or not, or if it needs more work. Um, but sometimes, and it's, you know, it's not a solid process, sometimes I'll write a song in one day because I'm in that emotion, I'm in that flow state and i release it that day i'm like i need to i need to put this out now like i need to finish it today because if i stop to work on this tomorrow i'm not going to have the same mentality that i have today and that's just i think that's for a lot of artists that's more like it's not it's not like a physical job it's not something you can just pick up tomorrow it's it's a feeling that you kind of have to just express it as you have it um, so yeah it can the, the process can change and it's very variable but uh this one artist, Benny Blanco, once said, he's like, I, I don't rush when I put out my songs. A good song will come out when it has to. And that helped me a lot because I was always rushing and thinking, well, I need to put out more music. I need to put more. But I realized I had all these songs that I could just look back and say, oh, OK, I, I do have good songs and I can't put these out. And they'll have, their, they'll have their time. But at the moment, it's just, I guess, a little bit of patience. determination
0: i feel like that's a common sentiment um with with musicians um and and put different ways Uh, you mentioned benny blanco but i the the last um artist i remember hearing say something along those lines was billy joel Mm -hmm. um you know my songs come come out when they're ready um, and they come to me when they're supposed to so it, it, it sounds like a very almost like a fateful event yeah. for an artist to, to you, you know have
1: to put your hope into it you have like your fate into your music because you can't force good art creativity it, yeah, yeah you can't force it you can try and you know a lot of artists suffer from that and that's where you always, get bad
0: songs right <laughs> that's
1: more often than not people's second album is their worst album I, I say more often than not. There, of course, are you know uh, exceptions to that. But more often than not, people don't like the second album as much because it's either more of the same or it's just not as good as the first one because the person forced themselves to, to, to fit into either a box that they thought they had to fit into or to meet a deadline that they had to meet. So I think it's better now that artists have more control of their music like I said, with DIY, because now you don't have a deadline. It's on you. You put out your music when you want to. If you need the money, you should probably get on it. Mm-hmm. But if you're somebody who's okay and you're like, I want to focus on the art, then you can take your time. And that's, I think that's a very good thing because for the art itself and for the artist, maybe not as good for the consumer. But like I said, for the consumers, there's plenty of music out there right now. So if your favorite artist doesn't put out a new song in two years, you're fine. Go listen to somebody else in the meantime. Like,
0: there you go, everybody. You heard it from Marco. Give them a break. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give these musicians a break. They are entertaining us endlessly. Now, Sam, I'm going to bring you uh, uh, to tell our listeners, me and Marco are not alone in this studio. There's no way I could handle this by myself. <laughs> so I have producer Sam with me. Um, yep. As always. Mm -hmm. And Sam, I know you're a musician as well, right? Yes, I am. All right. What kind of music do you put out there?
2: Um, So it has changed over time. and It depends on what I have. Um, I've been in lots of like indie bands. Um, So I've done like indie, just, I don't know, basic indie rock sound for a while. Um, Working on some country stuff right now. That's what I've been into. Well, that's fancy. Yeah, changing it up completely, taking a third, you know, a different way. And then um, I also love synthesizers a lot. So I'll do uh, I like synthesizer based music. So like when you say like mm-hmm. trap, like, yeah, stuttering hi-hats and all that. Like I get it. And like that works. Um, but yeah, it just kind of, across the board, I'll make all sorts of stuff. Whatever I'm feeling, I'll change it up. Yeah. Releasing it, not so much. I'll record it maybe, but it'll just like <laughs> sit in a personal vault. But, you know.
1: And is that out of like, uh, you? Do you feel like you need to put it out, or is it that you're you're kind of afraid to? I don't want to use the word afraid, but maybe just like hesitant to. I guess I'm hesitant to,
2: um, because really, right now, the beauty of doing it all yourself is you can put it out there, and if people listen to it and like it, that's great. If you put it out there and no one listens while you released it, that's like you did something. Like you woke up and you, you did accomplished something. something. Yeah. Um, for me, I have this thing where I like put what I create against other people mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. Like kind <laughs> of Right. Right. Like yeah. I'm out there being like, "Oh, this thing I just put up isn't pet sounds." Or like, "Brian Wilson wouldn't do that." So then I'll like, I won't put it up at all. Mm-hmm. So I keep I have this like high watermark for myself that I'm not going to reach. But
1: it's a personal bias that's hard right. to get rid of, but at the end of the day, you have to remember like someone's going to like your song. Right. So I have so a bunch yeah. up
2: there where like and then two is that like it changes over time. So stuff that I release or I'll put up there today I might think differently about it tomorrow down the road. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's always changing.
0: Yeah. No, and that's that's interesting that you say that, you know, that you have um, kind of, yeah, like, a, like standards that you want to meet based on some of your favorite artists. Right. I, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life. Don't know much about music, but it sounds like, competition breeds creativity across yes. all all fields you know that's not just something I apply to sports it sounds like it's something that musicians also use as as direction and uh, motivation yep. too so that's wonderful thank you Sam for Thanks. for sharing about your music um cool. I have um, a personal question here mm-hmm. again knowing very little about music I loved the movie Pitch Perfect. Have you seen it? I have not you seen have it, not but I did
1: look it? through some clips. Okay,
0: good, good. I like I it when like my I guests to, come prepared. Yes, I was um, like, I need to be a little prepared for this. No, that's wonderful. So kind of the, it, you know, for our view- or listeners, I say mm-hmm. viewers, I'm really glad you can't see me right now. Um, <laughs> for our listeners out there who don't know about Pitch Perfect or who haven't seen it, it's about an a cappella group mm-hmm. in college. Um, and, and the, the songs they sing, it's all wonderful, but kind of the main point of it is the main character, Anna Kendrick's character comes in and creates mashups of, of songs, uh, well-known songs that she puts together for the group to sing as one. Yeah. Big mashup as opposed to them just singing one straight song or an original song. Um, but I want, I was wondering how do musicians feel about people who create mashups? Like, are you do do musicians who create their own songs, do they get annoyed by this? Or do you consider them artists as well for bringing two songs together to form some sort of harmony?
1: Well, the thing is with mashups, and if we're talking specifically mashups, I personally don't think there's a problem with that because you're taking, I mean, like, what was it? Pablo Picasso said good artists create great artists good artists create great artists steal so the ability to take somebody else's art and to create something new um I think in itself is an art uh but of course I would understand why somebody would be annoyed by that especially if the, the song that they create afterward makes money and you don't make any, and if you don't see yeah, any of that money, no royalties there's it, a part yeah. of you that feels cheated because you're like, well, I did the first half of the work. You did the second half. Mm-hmm. So I think it all depends on the artist. It all depends on how you go about it. It all depends on how famous the song gets, unfortunately, because some artists, it's like your song will never get famous and you'll, you'll be fine. No one's going to come sue you. Yeah. Nobody cares. But... Um, this is something that like when people remember uh, that one on the doom did under pressure and then vanilla ice took that baseline and mm-hmm. he made uh, Ice 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 babies. So ice ice baby. And it goes like that. Um and he got sued because he didn't pay them. I he, do he just remember took, he that. Just, yes. Yeah, he just took it. He, mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't pay anybody. Mm-hmm. His produ- I'm guessing it was his producer, not him. It was probably his producer. Um, but when you're under a record label, all that stuff, you're responsible for it. They're responsible for it. It's probably a whole thing. But um, so there's a lot of people who say that was just straight up stealing. Um, you can cover people's songs like uh, London Symphony Orchestra. I think they did like a cover of Kavinsky's Night Call. And when you do a cover of a song, when you just do your own version, but it's the exact same song, you can just, half of what you make on that song goes directly to, uh, to the original creator. Sure. That's just kind of like a blanket deal. Yeah. Um, but when you take a part of the song and create something new, that becomes its own situation where now you have to clear that sample with the record company and with the artist. Yeah, it's, it's
0: interesting yeah. stuff. I remember my dad um, had a college professor he went to NIU um this was quite some time ago sorry dad um who taught them in a writing class I believe or a literature class that there are only seven plot lines out there for stories and what you do with it you know those plot lines the you know the the differences in the, the details yeah and um That kind of sounds like it applies here to an extent but of course like you were saying the way you go about it matters a lot if you're just gonna steal something nobody's gonna appreciate that if you're gonna get inspiration from something and give credit to the original artist i think it it goes much yeah much further um with that artist and with your audience so really interesting topic um You know, we don't have too much more time here and I would be remiss if I didn't uh, talk about what the library has to offer for people uh, looking to uh, create or produce their own music. I know we offer classes on Audacity. Marco, I believe you teach those. Um, Logic Pro X. Yep. And then Sam, you're teaching some classes about VCV synthesizers.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, free open source modular synthesizer. And then um, now that... Since, sadly, Marco is leaving us, I may take a couple of those Audacity classes um, just so that we keep that kind of cornerstone here.
1: Yeah, people do like those classes, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, because Audacity is free. Um, Logic Pro, I did not get a lot of people to sign up for those because that is a $200 program that is specifically on Macs. It's not on Windows. Um, We do have, I want to say, Reaper. We have Reaper as well. We have Reaper, which is a Windows-free-to-use uh, software as long as you keep using the demo. <laughs> so yeah, the license is,
2: is $60, which is still very cheap for an audio, like a, a good yeah. audio Yeah, so we software. might
1: end up actually buying that license. But until then, we'll just keep demoing it and see how we like it. But if anybody's interested in doing that, of course, we have that available.
0: That's awesome. Um, All these words of all these uh, the names of these software, Reaper and Audacity. Ableton,
1: Cubase. (laughs) It
0: it makes me laugh. But, um, you know, Sam mentioned something that I did want to bring up as well. Uh, Marco, you are leaving the library. Can you let us know, you know, what's your next step going forward?
1: So I spend a lot of time at the uh, Elgin-Hemmins Cultural Center doing stagehand work and sound engineering work. So there, it's like a lot of uh, live shows, musicals, plays, sometimes concerts. And I do a lot of the miking or the, studio, uh, the stagehand work, which might be like taking in equipment, moving it out, setting it up, stuff like that. Um, aside from that, I'm going to put more time into my music and uh, try to get more freelance work doing uh, sound engineering for both in my studio, my personal studio at home and for live shows. And on top of that, I am going to pick up photography and try to start shooting films.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So you've got a lot Videos. on your plate yeah. in your future coming up. So, you know, we wish you the best of luck. And um, I just want to thank you on behalf of the library for for coming here and, uh, you know, teaching our patrons more about what you know about. Yeah. Um, it's been fun. It's yeah. been a learning
1: experience for me. It's been a learning experience for the patrons, which I appreciate because I just I love uh, seeing the look on their faces when they figure something out. It's great.
0: Well, that's wonderful. That's what we that's what we like to hear from our employees. And, you know, I know our patrons are going to miss you. Um, but best of luck going forward with your career.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And I think you've answered all my questions about DIY music. You know, I, I, I know you and Sam could sit here for hours oh, talking yeah. about it. <laughs> but unfortunately, we we only have a short uh, period of time for the podcast. Um gotcha. But, uh, you well, know, thank again, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And thank you for coming, you know, right when you're on your way out, too. Yeah. So thanks for cramming this into your schedule, which no, I know perfect. is probably busy right now.
1: No, no, it's perfect timing. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Well, everybody, that was my guest, Marco. Orozco. Correct. Correct. again. <laughs> um, and uh, I want to thank our listeners, listeners again for tuning in. And I'd like to invite you to join us for our next podcast. So stay, stay cool out there, everybody. I know it's hot out.